0: And find a spot to sit. If you're here as a guest, I didn't introduce myself earlier. My name is Mark Mullery. I serve as one of the elders here. I'm on the pastoral staff, and we are in week two of a five-week series in the Lord's Prayer. We are intentionally beginning the year emphasizing prayer. We want, as a church, we want to grow in prayer. We want to grow. As a praying church, we want to be more of a praying church the end of this year than we are at the beginning. And so we're we're in a uh, forty days of of uh, prayer time, and we're learning about prayer through really the master prayer, the prayer of prayers, the one that Jesus taught us to pray, the one we call the Lord's prayer. And this this prayer this is the prayer that launches a thousand other prayers. This prayer is not only a prayer that we Pray and pray together. This is a prayer that's like a sets a trajectory for other prayers. And if you want to know each one of these lines is sort of like in the prayer, each one of these lines is sort of like an arrow, and it it takes you in in a in a direction. If you want to see how those arrows can take you, go to the bookstore after the meeting and get the Westminster Shorter Catechism for two bucks and read the last ten questions that go through this prayer, and you'll find those trajectories there for you, so that you can grow in using. Uh, this prayer, not only a, a, in and of itself, but also as a, as a pattern for prayer. Last week, Seda was uh, preaching from the first uh, part of the prayer, and he explained to us that hallowed be your name, hard to understand, a word we don't use very often, hallowed. Hallowed means when we pray that we're saying, God, let your name be made holy. Let your name be glorified and honored and revered in our lives and in the world. Now, this morning, we're going to hear part two of the prayer, and we're going to hear from Lou Gallo, and Lou and Lisa Gallo are people that have really lived, hallowed be your name, in their lives. They are people who have lived for the glory of God, and that's a joy to introduce Lou because some of you don't know him. Now, Lou served as a pastor here for 16 years, and... uh, Lou and I served, we began serving kind of more or less-ish around the same, same time, about 20 years together, uh, 20 years ago together as pastors. As Lou and Lisa were really sort of praying in the very section of the, the prayer that we're going to be in this morning, let your kingdom come and your will be done, as they were just praying about their lives and what, what God had for them, they found themselves increasingly connected with North Korean refugees, unexpected didn't plan for that. But eventually then they started a ministry called NK Mission. And then four years ago, they left Fairfax to um, go to Busan, South Korea. And they've been living and working there with North Korean refugee students since then. So now, as they begin their fifth year there, uh, their daughter Alyssa is there enrolled in a local university with classes in, in Korean. And uh, Lou is now the part-time English pastor at the largest English ministry in the city. And Lou is going to come and speak. Now, one thing you need to know as he comes up, some people do something. They're not booing. They're looing. So I just want you to know. They're... Maybe we could short in it. But... <laughs> no, you can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> not booing. It's looing.
1: <laughs> okay, thanks. thanks, brother. Thanks for explaining that, Mark. <laughs> okay, just can you give me an opportunity to just kind of soak this in? This was a bad idea, I think. <laughs> we, uh, Lisa and I, joined this church in 1993, uh, moved down from New York, and uh, Just recently, I was uh, thinking about and reading over the Charles Spurgeon quote, talking about the perfect church, and he said to the effect, you you can't find a perfect church, and he said, if I found one and I joined it, it would no longer be perfect. (laughs) Um, So that's what happened in 1993. This was a perfect church, and then I joined it. No, I don't have that much influence, believe me. <laughs> However, he goes on to say, it is the dearest place on earth. And uh, as we stand here, and as I stand here, um, I think of the line in Amazing Grace, where it says, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come, and That's amazing grace. So, all right, I won't do that anymore. We are in the series, and I'm so happy to be able to preach uh, this particular section of the Lord's Prayer because it is part of the Lord's Prayer. The whole Lord's Prayer is significant, but this particular part is very meaningful uh, to me and is a prayer that I have prayed for years uh, and the opportunity to share with you is uh, just a, a privilege. So we're in Matthew 6. Excuse me, Matthew six uh, open up your Bibles, turn on your phones, uh, or I think it may be projected on the screen here, Matthew 6 and verses 9 through 13. And I think, I thought what we would do, rather than me just reading this prayer to you, why don't we pray it together? And so how about if we all... Stand up right now and pray uh, this prayer uh, together. So Jesus started saying this, pray then like this. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. You may be seated. And so we're going to start here. Your kingdom come. Now, this kingdom is not a kingdom of this earth. You all know that. It's not centered in a location. You can't go visit the capital of this kingdom. It's the kingdom is a kingdom of heaven. This kingdom is the kingdom of our Father. So we start our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And so whose kingdom is it? It's our Father's Kingdom, And so when we pray this prayer, your kingdom come, we're praying our Father's kingdom. Our fathers, your fathers, our heavenly fathers, let your kingdom come. It's a kingdom that is of heaven. It's the kingdom of heaven, a heavenly kingdom. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, meaning you've turned from your sins, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you are a part of this kingdom. You're a citizen of this kingdom. The Korean word for heaven is, the, is a couple, but one of the Korean words for heaven is chungguk. So chungguk means sky country, chun meaning sky. Guk meaning country, sky country, or you could say it this way, the country in the sky. And that's what heaven means. It's a heavenly country. It's a heavenly kingdom. And if you were to pull out your passport right now, so I happen to have my passport. I need to carry this around with me now. I didn't years ago. I, I, I recently got a passport just probably five years ago. But if you have a passport and you pull it out, there's a, there's a name of a country on it. And so mine happens to be United States of America. Now, you may have a passport from a different country. Your, your passport may say the People's Republic of China. Your passport may say the Republic of Ghana. But whatever your passport says, you have to understand if you're a Christian, this is really not your passport. Your passport. This is not the the place that your passport is from. We're from a heavenly country. We're We're citizens of a heavenly country. Our passport, our spiritual passport on it says, the kingdom of heaven. And so we are citizens of this kingdom. And we pray this prayer, let your, our father, kingdom come. This kingdom is a kingdom of light. It's a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Yet, this is a kingdom that is at war. And don't be fooled. You are on the front lines of that war. There's a war. There's a war raging. And it's two kingdoms at war with one another. A kingdom of light. And the kingdom of darkness, these are are at war. The kingdom of truth and the kingdom of lies, we're at war. Though the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, it's a kingdom at war. And you and me are on the front lines of that war. You know, year after year... The country of North Korea is ranked as the most dangerous country in the world for Christians. Year after year after year, North Korea, so just a couple hundred miles from where we live, is ranked as one of the most dangerous countries in the world for Christians. And I won't tell the stories about that yet. The good news of Jesus Christ is spreading in North Korea. See, this is a kingdom that comes, this is a kingdom that pushes out darkness. It's a kingdom of light. And you know this, you know, basic physics. You walk into a dark room, you turn on the light, and guess where the darkness goes? It's gone. Light. ...overcomes darkness. Now, we're not going to talk about black holes, okay? I don't know enough about them to talk about it. But light overcomes darkness. And here in North Korea, the most dangerous country in the world... ...for Christians, the gospel is spreading. Now, it's very difficult. It's very dangerous. And yet, it is spreading. China, so our neighbor where we live... ...is cracking down on Christians... In fact, uh, NK Missions has a missionary uh, that we have brought to uh, work at a, a defector school. She works with us. She was traveling to Thailand. She was traveling through China, and she was detained. She wasn't staying in China. She was just passing through. They met her at the gate. She was going to Thailand, met her at the gate. They pulled her in. They brought her into an interrogation room, and when she walked in there, Her life was laid out on a table. Pictures, comments that she had made, everything was just laid out right there. It was very frightening for her. China is cracking down on Christians. You may hear it in the news, tearing down churches and so forth, expelling. We know personally missionaries who have been expelled from China. Yet, the reports are Christianity is spreading in China. This kingdom, this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of our Father cannot be stopped. It is advancing. And where can we find this kingdom? And you could say, well, we can find it all over the world. But we just sang, and I'm sure you did, during this Christmas season, far as the curse is found, where is this kingdom found? Far as the curse is found. This kingdom is first found in us. This kingdom, the war, there's a war going on inside of us. There's a war for light and dark inside of us. It's not just outside of us, it's inside of us as well. But you can be sure of this, the kingdom of God in our own lives will not be stopped. Now, it can be slowed down, it can be uh, you know, blocked here and there, we can make bad choices in our lives, but over the course of our lives, if you're a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, that kingdom can't be stopped. It will, it will overcome darkness. That's what, kingdom, that's what this kingdom does. The kingdom of our Father overcomes darkness. It will push back the darkness first in our own lives. And so, in us, this kingdom will come in us, but it will also come through us. And how does that happen? How does the kingdom come through us? The next part of the prayer Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done. So, how will it come? It will come by the king's will. Being done. So our prayer is, Your will be done. So because we're citizens of (laughs) Chunguk, because we're citizens of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, we're under the king's rule. He's our king. God bless you. But who is this king? This king is our father, not some despot, not not some disconnected ruler, not some far-off person. This king is our father. And how is he our father? How is this king our father? Well, we heard it during communion, during the Lord's Supper. This king had another son. This king had another son. He had a perfect son, unlike us. He had a son that obeyed him perfectly, unlike us. This other son paid the penalty for our sin so that we could be called sons of our father, the king. How is this king our father? Because of his other son. How are we called sons of the king? Because of the other son, the perfect son. And I want to challenge you here this morning. If you don't know this son, if you don't know this perfect son, then you are not in this kingdom. You're not part of this kingdom that we're talking about. This kingdom to come in us and through us, you're not part of it. And I could tell you right near, right now, everyone sitting here who is part of that kingdom wants you to be a part of that kingdom. And you can be. Today, you can be a part of this kingdom. You can be a part of, you can be a son of the king. Let's see. That would make us a prince, I guess. <laughs> who doesn't want that? <laughs> and all that comes with it, the provisions the love, the favor, the acceptance, and the command to follow. And so if you're here and you're not part of that kingdom, today's the day. You're here and we're grateful for that. But there's a decision to make. Turn from the kingdom of darkness. Turn from living your own way and turn to the king. Turn to his son and be forgiven and washed clean and find who it is that God made you to be, a child of his, a son of the king. Amen? So our father, the king, calls us sons. And it's our trust in his son that changes our citizenship. It changes us so radically It changes us so thoroughly. The work of his perfect son, that sacrifice, changes us so radically that we come and we say, not my will, but your will be done. That's a radical change. We, by nature, are selfish. Me, by nature, I'm selfish. Yet, that kingdom has come, and our prayer now is, let your will be done. And Jesus is not teaching us to pray as some detached teacher here. No, I mean, he prayed this very prayer when he faced his own death, as he wrestled with the Father. And he wrestled with him, and he pleaded with him, crying out to him, if there be any other way, let this cup pass. And then he said, sounds familiar here, not my will be done, but yours be done. This prayer, your will be done, is a prayer of humility. It's a prayer of selflessness. It's a prayer of dependence. Your will, not my will, but your will be done. Now, how can we guard against, you know, praying just to get something, you know, I want a better job. I want a bigger house. You know, I want a husband. I want a wife. You know, All good things, not bad things, but they can be selfish. They could be things that, that we want because they make us happy, or we think they will make us happy. How can we guard against that? It's through this prayer. Not my will, but your will. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Yet, I have to say... This is a dangerous prayer to pray. <laughs> Your will be done, not my will. Your will be done. It's a dangerous prayer. Now, certainly in a global sense, you know, God is going to accomplish his will all over the world because he's sovereign. But first, this prayer is for us to submit to his rulership, his kingship in our own lives. Your will be done. It doesn't mean that we can't question God. And if you're sitting there saying, I'm wrestling with God right now. There's something I feel like he's calling me to do, and I don't want to do it. Well, then you have something in common with Jesus. (laughs) He wrestled. And yet at the end, he said, not my will, but your will be done. It doesn't mean we don't question God. It doesn't mean we don't wrestle with God. In fact, I'd be concerned if you weren't doing that. And having that struggle. Not my will, but your will be done. This past fall, around September, there were circumstances that were going on in our lives that brought us to a situation where we had a decision to make. And these were Things changing at our school where we worked for the past four years, and it was a convergence of circumstances, and I'm not going to get into all of those, but it started a domino effect. None of this was because of us, cause, because of us, but it was happening to us, and it affected us, and we needed to transition. And so we prayed, you know, Lord, is this, a, is this time for us to move back to America? Is that what your will is for us? That was our prayer. We didn't know, and things were changing, and we needed to transition the main part of our ministry to North Korean defective students to a different, though unknown ministry. Our visa, we're there on a visa, we're on a missionary visa in South Korea, Our, our visa needed to be transferred to a different, though at the time, unknown organization, and we were also in need of housing. So that's like three big things, you know, our ministry, our visa, and where we're going to live, all up in the air. And we were praying and crying out to God, Lord, we don't feel like we're done here. That's not the sense we get. Yet here are the circumstances, looking like we're done. What do we do? And so we we felt like we had probably just two options: either move to Seoul and work with uh, schools that we've been developing partnerships with, or move back to America. We felt like those were the two options that we had. But we were praying. But there was a third, though unknown, option. But our prayer, in effect, was your kingdom come. Your will be done, not our will. And within two months, and I have to say November and December... Every single need was met and met beyond our wildest expectations. Our ministry expanded. Come to the lunch afterwards, and I'm going to get into more details about that. But our ministry expanded. Our visa was taken care of by the organization that uh, works with the North Korean refugees that we'll now be working with. Our visa was taken care of. And they helped us get into housing that was within walking distance of our new ministry. All of this happened in no time. We were just shocked and surprised and delighted. <laughs> but it was not our will be done. It's your will be done. Now, you may think, well, Lou, you know, you're, you're a pastor for now, you know, 30 years And, you know, that's what happens to you guys. (laughs) Or, no, you're a missionary, you know, and that's we hear all the missionary stories, you know, and that's what happens to you guys too, you know. No, not at all. It's that we're citizens of a different kingdom. It's that there's a will from our king, our father king, That is bigger and greater than our will. And we submit to it. And I can assure you, it's not because I was a pastor or am a pastor. It's not because I am a missionary, even though I never thought I would be one. It's because I'm a citizen of a different kingdom. That's why. And guess what? You are too. You're a citizen of a different kingdom. And this kingdom is not a kingdom that is here fully on this earth. As Mark was mentioning, we're living between the two advents. That's where we live. Yet, this kingdom is a reality. It's as real as the chair you're sitting on. This kingdom is a reality, and this kingdom does come. It does come into This present age, it breaks in to this age and the prayer goes, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because it's a heavenly kingdom. What country's on your passport? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. That's what's on your passport. You're a citizen of heaven. Where's your home? Heaven. Are you there? No, you're not there. We're living here on this side of heaven. You know, let let me just say something about this. Heaven is our home. So what does that make us here on this earth? It makes us foreigners. It makes us aliens. That's what Paul said. You're aliens. This isn't our home. And a lot of times, you know, what we see, we think, is all that there is. And yet it's not. In fact, the greater reality is in what we can't see. The greater reality is in the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) And that kingdom comes to this earth. You know, every one of us, are made in the image of God. And if you think about that, okay, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. What's going on in heaven right now? Perfection. Every one of us is made for heaven. Have you ever felt like you feel a little out of place? Have you ever felt like you maybe don't fit in, like completely? That's because in us, in every one of us, is heaven. Heaven. And we're not there yet. You know, it's like when we all pile into the car and we drive somewhere, you know, and we're on transit. We're on the way. Are we there yet? I used to know how to say that in Korean, but I forgot it. Because I loved, you know, messing with the people driving. <laughs> Are we there yet? I have to go to the bathroom. I'm hungry. It's like, gosh, you're like a 60 year old child. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> No, we're not there yet. We haven't arrived yet. And yet, the kingdom comes. It breaks in to our lives. It's the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever felt like you just wanted things to be perfect and it's not perfect? I I feel that way. I want things to be perfect. I want to be perfect. I'm disappointed in myself when I'm not perfect. You know, praying before coming up here. I want to be perfect. And all of a sudden, you know what happened? I started to get anxious. Why? I'm not perfect. (laughs) I want something I can't get. That's in heaven. It's not here. And I think, to make full circle, Charles Spurgeon knew something about that when he talked about the church not being perfect. It's not a perfect place. Why? Because we're not perfect. Yet we're on our way somewhere to the kingdom of heaven. But that kingdom breaks in to this life. So, do you need victory over sin in your life? Is there a sin that just is a snare to you? Here's a prayer Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what's in heaven? Well, sins not in heaven. <laughs> There's no sin in heaven. Father, let that kingdom break into my life and give me victory over sin. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He Mark was talking about anxiety related to the government shutdown, right? Again, anxiety Is rooted in this desire for something that we're not going to be able to attain. It's the way God made us. He made us perfect to long for perfection. He made heaven stamped into us. We're not going to attain it in this life. And so when we're aware of that disconnect, you get anxious about that. Guess what? In heaven, perfect provision. (laughs) There's no need, there's no lack, there's no want. Father, break in. Your circumstances may never change. But you know what will change? The way you view them will change. The way you see them will change. And there can be righteousness, peace, and joy when this kingdom comes in our lives. So pray. Pray for heaven to come to earth. So what can it look like? I want to talk briefly here. What can it look like when God answers this prayer? I want to tell you a little bit about Korea, okay? Because I think it's, there's a, it's a wonderful illustration of what it is that what I'm talking about here. The church in Korea as a major force is relatively young. As early as 1900, just 119 years ago, only 1% of the country's population was Christian, just about 120 years ago. Now, 29 percent of the population is Christian. It is the largest religion in Korea in just over a 100 years. According to uh, the Pew Research Center, 71 percent of Koreans living in America are Christians. It's, it's an astounding move of God. It's an astounding move of the kingdom of God coming to a country. Pyongyang used to be, it's the current capital of North Korea, was once called the Jerusalem of the East. And we have a, a map. And the Pyongyang revival, many churches were established in North Korea and they sent missionaries and planted churches in the south part. It's kind of interesting, Right? a place where now is, it's the most dangerous place in the world for Christians, at one time was sending missionaries to, to the southern part of the peninsula, planting churches. And one of the significant churches in Pyongyang was Jung Daehyun Church. Now, that may sound familiar to those of you who know us because we work at Jung Hyun School, and the naming of the school and the church that's connected to it was Intentional. Because this was a significant church at one time. It's gone. It's not there anymore. I'd like to think that we relocated it to South Korea for a time when we'll be able to replant it in North Korea where it belongs back. But this church, missionary uh, John McCune wrote in a letter about this. The work of the Holy Spirit here at the Jungdaehyun Church where revival first broke out would far surpass what we have read about the great revival in Wales and India. And that's a picture. That's a picture of the church in North Korea uh, back in... Uh, and I'm not exactly sure the year that that picture was taken, but that's a, a picture of Jung Daehyun Church in North Korea. So now, the, some have credited... So, of course, in Korean War, the division of the of the country, Korean War happening, uh, communism s- stamping out Christianity, but in the South, Christianity has flourished. Now, the, uh, there's a history of early morning prayer at, in Korea, and I wanted to share a little bit about the... Um, Uh, origins of that. So, one of the really remarkable features of the Korean church is this culture of praying and early morning praying. So, Mark mentioned that I'm the English pastor of a large church in Busan, and we have early morning prayer. And so, on Sunday morning, because I'm part-time, so I don't go all the time, but on Sunday morning, I go to the early morning prayer, sebyuk it's called, and we go to the early morning p- prayer, 5.30 in the morning, and the place is filled with people praying. But that, that started somewhere. It started at Jungdae Hyun Church in Pyongyang in 1907. The pastor of that church got up early and started to pray all by himself, and then people started joining him as he was praying early in the morning, praying, and more and more people joined him. And it grew, and it grew, and it grew. The church grew, the church prospered, the church spread, it spread into, uh, to South Korea. But that practice of early morning prayer never changed. And it, is, it became a national movement and really an identifying feature of the Korean church. And here we are a hundred years later, and that practice still goes on. And and if you go to a Korean church in America today, I can guarantee you there's early morning prayer going on. It started back in 1907 at Jung Daehyun Church. And this pastor being moved by the Spirit to cry out to God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And wow, what an amazing transformation of a country. Now, I'm not saying there's a formula to this. There's not. But we trace the, the beginnings of it back to that prayer time in 1907. So I, I just want to say as you're in the series on the Lord's Prayer, conducting these 40 days of prayer, I'd encourage you, stretch yourself. Is it comfortable? oftentimes it's not. Is it convenient? Oftentimes it's not. But I'd encourage you. You know what? Who knows? Who knows what God's going to do here? Who knows what God's going to do here, Redeeming Grace Church, as his people call on his name, as they humble themselves, and they call on his name, and they say, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who knows? Who knows what will happen here? You know what? God knows. And I could tell you this. What will happen, you will be changed. I know I have. I've been changed. And you will be too. Amen? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we have the worship team come up? I just want to pray. I appreciate all of you praying for Lisa and I. It means so much to us to have the support of this church. We are so grateful. And we're so grateful to be here with all of you. And I hope to see you downstairs when you tell you more about what we're doing. But I want to take this opportunity right now to return what you've given to us. And I want to pray for you. Amen. So, Father, we do pray for Redeeming Grace Church, O Lord. We pray, God, as they move into this time of praying, these 40 days of praying, Lord, that you would meet them. You would meet them in powerful ways, individual ways, specific ways, personal ways, oh Lord. We pray that your kingdom would come in each and every one of our lives. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let darkness in our lives, where the kingdom of darkness has invaded our minds and our hearts, we pray right now that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, would press out the kingdom of darkness. It stands no chance against the kingdom of our God. And I pray, Lord, revival would start in the hearts of each and every one of us. Break out Lord, in our hearts, let your will be done in our lives. Let your will be done through our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.